Hello, and welcome to Sharing Real Hope. My name is Mike Hall. As we've seen in previous podcasts, Jesus promised, he promised to build his church, and we know that he has continued to fulfill that promise over 2,000 years. All you have to do is look at church history, and, and even more than that, just look around today. What started out on the day of Pentecost with 120 faithful followers gathered in the upper room with the coming of the Holy Spirit, now you look around the world, there are millions that claim the name of Christ. There are churches in all corners of, of the globe. And that is in spite of the great opposition coming both externally and internally over the years. Jesus fulfills his promise and is fulfilling his promise to build his church. But there's some great additional news. And it is this. Jesus is present in his church. This church is not just an organization that he built and left to somehow the other survive, but rather he is intimately in the midst of his church. The church is actually his body. He is the head of the church. Revelation chapter 1 gives us a glimpse of Jesus' presence in his church. On the previous podcast, we looked at the first uh, few verses of Revelation 1, and we saw that this book can be summarized in the first five words of chapter 1. They are the revelation of Jesus Christ. This book is an unveiling, an uncovering, a revelation of the glorified, ascended Jesus Christ. And this this book is uh, the record of a series of seven visions that was supernaturally given to the Apostle John on the island of Patmos. He had been exiled there. It was a Roman penal colony. And in his 90s, uh, in the 90s, 94 to 96 AD, here he finds himself there and God gives him these visions and tells him to write them down, and now we are blessed with them. Well, in Revelation 1, we see the first vision, uh, uh, and it is a vision of the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, we will begin with verse 12 to record this vision. Here it is. Then I turned to see the voice that was speaking with me. And by the way, in verse 10, John hears a loud voice. Let me just read that. Verse 10 says, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day, and I heard behind me a loud voice like the sound of a trumpet. Verse 12, Then I turned to see the voice that was speaking with me, and having turned, I saw seven golden lampstands, and in the middle of the lampstands I saw one like a son of man, clothed in a robe reaching to the feet, and girded across his chest with a golden sash. His head and his hair were, were white, like white wool, like snow. And his eyes were like a flame of fire. His feet were like burnished bronze when it has been made to glow in a furnace. And his voice was like the sound of many waters. In his right hand he held seven stars. And out of his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword. And his face was like the sun shining in its strength. Wow, that's a very, very dramatic and descriptive um, uh, picture that's painted there. 
And the, and the question is, what in the world does that mean? What does all of it mean? And, and, and I will tell you this, and I want you to hear this. The way to unlock these mysterious pictures is to look at the rest of Scripture. This particular vision is, is founded squarely on Old Testament Scriptures. The Old Testament is a part of the Word of God, and it is an appropriate part of the Word of God for this day. And in order to better and fully understand the New Testament, you've got to go back to the Old Testament. The foundation is laid there, and it's all a part of the overall theme of the Word of God, the theme of God redeeming His people back to Himself. So, Let's take a look at the elements of this vision. And the first one is, when he turned, he saw seven golden lampstands. What were those seven golden lampstands? Well, let me just start by saying that they are reminiscent of all the way back to the tabernacle that uh, Moses was told to put together. And when you look at Exodus chapter 25, verses 31 and 37, you, you get an idea. Listen to what verse 31 says. Then... You shall make a lampstand of pure gold. The lampstand and its base and its shaft are to be made of hammered work. Its cups, its bulbs, and its flowers shall be one piece with it. And it goes on to describe it. Then down in verse 37 it says, Then you shall make its lamps seven in number, and they shall mount its lamps so as to shed light on the space in front of it. So, uh, in order not to read the entire passage, basically, God is given giving Moses the instructions for exactly how to make the tabernacle and what to put in it and where to put it. And this is a uh, a lampstand with seven lamps on it, and it's and it's to be put inside the tabernacle. And it is, it is in the holy place, and it is uh, to give light there, and it is ultimately a symbol of, of Jesus Christ. But, but uh, this vision is drawing from that. Uh, these seven golden lampstands uh, are seven separate lampstands because it goes on to say that they saw the Son of Man standing in the middle of it. But these seven lampstands, we are told from the Scripture exactly what they are. Uh, they are, uh, according to verse 20 of chapter 1, the scripture says, the, and the seven lampstands are the seven churches. And as we saw on uh, the last podcast, the seven churches found in verse 11 of this chapter and also in verses two, in chapters 2 and 3, they are the seven churches in Asia Minor, the seven churches to whom this letter is being originally directed, Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamum, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. So these seven lampstands represent the seven the, 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 the seven churches. And in the middle of them stands one like a son of man. Now, there is another one that comes right out of the Old Testament. In Daniel chapter 7, verse 13, uh, Daniel gets a vision. And he says, I kept looking in the night visions, and behold, with the clouds of heaven, one like a son of man was coming, and he came up to the Ancient of Days and was presented before him. And this is none other than the Lord Jesus Christ and this term, Son of Man, is the title that was most often used by Jesus 
of himself. That term, Son of Man, is seen 81 times in the gospel. And so it's referring to Jesus. So we see Jesus, the Son of Man, standing in the midst of seven churches in this vision. Now the scriptures go on to say that he was clothed in a robe reaching to the feet and girded across his chest with a golden sash. Once again, we go back to the Old Testament, Exodus chapter 28, verse 39, and it gives a description of how the high priest was to be dressed, and it's just like this, with a, uh, a robe to the feet and a sash across his chest, and this represents Jesus' high priestly ministry, and the gold there also is kingly ministry. He is a, 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 a king priest, a priest king, and and so, uh, so we see the priestly ministry of Jesus there in the midst of his of his churches. And then the scripture goes on to say his hair was white like white wool, like snow. And and that was not just a, a, a bland white, but it was a glowing white. And again, we go back to the Old Testament, Daniel chapter 7, verse 9. And, and, and his hair is like wool, it said. This is a glowing white, indicating his holiness, his purity, the purity of the Lord Jesus Christ. His eyes were like a flame of fire, the scripture says. And that those were the eyes that were the penetrating, all-knowing uh, eyes that penetrated and saw and looked into his church and saw everything that's going on uh, there. His feet, uh, the Bible says, were like burnished bronze when it's been made to glow in a furnace. And that again goes back to the Old Testament, Exodus chapter 38, verses 1 to 7, where again at the, uh, um, the altar uh, of burnt sacrifice, the altar of burnt offering, it was made of bronze. And this indicates divine judgments. Jesus is standing there in the midst of his church, uh, ready to execute divine judgment. On whom? On those that would attack his church. His voice was like the sound of many waters. And again, back in verse 10, a loud voice. And that was a voice of authority. He speaks with the voice of authority. Out of his mouth came a sword. That is his word. And that sword was a sword that was ready to launch judgment on those that attacked the church. If you look at chapter 2, verse 16, in that church, he was ready to go against those that did the deeds of the Nicolaitans with the sword of his mouth to execute judgment and protection of his church. And then it says that uh, that his face was shining like the sun in its strength, and that, of course, is his his awesome glory, uh, his his majesty, his glory. Look at verse seventeen, though. It says, "John said, when I saw him, I felt at his feet like a dead man." You know, this is the same John, the beloved apostle, that was leaning on his breast was leaning on his breast the night before he died there in the upper room when they celebrated the Last Supper together. And now he's before him like a dead man. You know the difference? Jesus, in, in, in his earthly ministry, veiled his glory in his humanity, yet his divinity. He was fully the God-man. He had chosen to veil the glory of his divinity. But here... His glory is totally unveiled, and no one could stand before the unveiled glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. He fell as a dead man before his feet, but Jesus put his right hand on him and said, uh, uh, Don't be afraid. I'm the first and the last. And, and he gave him a message of encouragement there. Uh, so... 
I want you to see that this overall picture is, again, Jesus standing in the midst of his church. What does that all mean? Well, first of all, as he stands there, he holds the messengers in his right hand. Those messengers are the leaders, the pastors of his churches. And and that indicates as he stands in the midst of his church, he is in control of his church. You know, uh, he said, I'll build my church and I'm right there in the midst and I'm controlling whatever happens over all of these years is never out of the control of the Lord Jesus Christ. Aren't you glad that Jesus is sovereign? He is a sovereign God and he's in control of his church. His church is not going anywhere. It's not going downhill. It's not going to be defeated. It's not going to be snuffed out. It is going to go forward even in the face of suffering, persecution, death, martyrdom. And then we see Jesus in the midst of his church protecting his church, the sword out of his mouth to execute judgment on those that would come against his church. And then uh, we see Jesus standing in the midst of his church as the provision for his church. He is our high priest. He has on the, on the, on the high priest robe. He is our king. And he is a benevolent king, a generous king. And he provides everything for his church. His presence is absolutely, completely necessary in the midst of his church. Aren't you glad that it's Jesus' church? Aren't you glad that he's promised and he is building his church? Aren't you glad that he is present in his church? He said in one place where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst. And that is absolutely the truth. I am so thankful for these wonderful truths. Why don't we just take a moment and say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that you build your church, you're building your church, you love your church, you're protecting your church, and you're very much present in our midst. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Well, until next time, as we rejoice together over this truth, God bless. Thank you for listening to this edition of Sharing Real Hope. We hope that you were encouraged in your walk with Christ by what you heard. Please take a moment to email us with your questions, prayer requests, and comments. Our email address is sharingrealhope at gmail.com. Again, that's sharingrealhope at gmail.com. Or you can visit our website at sharingrealhope.org. Until next time, keep living in and sharing real hope.